Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Inspired Your Grown-Up Girl Talk. I am Stacy, and as always, joined by Samantha. How are you, girl? God, here I am. You know what? Here I am and still enjoying Women's Month of March. Just every day is the day to celebrate the ladies. Yeah, it should be. Honestly, Women's Month should be every month. Let's be honest. True. Um, at least we get March. That's okay. I'll take it. Um, so yesterday, as I often do on Sundays, I um, went out and checked out open houses, which I'm a total... I mean, I'm in the real estate industry, right? I do real estate financing, but I'm also a total looky-loo. I like to go look at the houses and and see what's happening. And I walk in and I get this, you know, like it's so, it's so nice. It's so not lived in. The staging is beautiful and everything matches and there's, there's, it's not clutter. And, um, and then I think, well, I can make my house look like that. But at the end of the day, no, I can't. Because A, I don't have the skill set, and B, um, I live in my house. And I feel like if you live in your house, you can't make it look like that. But perhaps Megan Evans will prove me wrong. So today we have with us Megan Evans of Buttercup Home Styling. Megan, how are you? I am great. Thanks for having me. How are you ladies tonight? So good. I'm good. I'm just, I'm feeling like an underachiever in my home after looking at all these houses yet again <laughs> on the weekend. Um, I can't, I can't pick a paint color. I can't um, match a rug. I, I'm a math girl. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I like to, I like to use that excuse, except I know your educational background. So I want to, I do want to dial it back to that. Um, you do have this amazing, um, staging and design business. You have a a beautiful storefront in Nevada, California, um, that I love to shop at. Um, I like to use the whole, like, well, I do math for a living. I can't design. Um, and then there's Megan who studied kinesiology in college and in grad school. Just no big deal. So yeah, let's talk about that a little bit. Tell us, take us back that way. Tell us how this all got started. Okay. Well, you know, I always say that no one should decide what they're doing for the rest of their life when they're 17 or 18, because how do you know you're a kid, right? So, um, I, I went to school, uh, for kinesiology because I thought I was going to be a physical therapist. Is that what, is that what that, that means? Like, I always wonder what that defines. It's, it's exercise science. Okay. So it's, you know, basically, although back in my day, it was a bachelor of arts degree, but now it's bachelor of science, but yeah, it's, it's exercise science, basically exercise physiology. So, um, I started at, uh, university of Nevada, Reno back in the day when there were literally two Californians, I was one of them that went to that school and everyone else was pretty much from Nevada or other mountain States. And, um, I was actually in the pre-med department there because that's how they grouped us. So it was, you know, scary. And I was with a lot of really smart people and, um, But anyway, I finished my education at Sonoma State, and they had a really great small hands-on kinesiology department. 
And I worked in physical therapy for several years while I was in college. And literally my senior year of college decided I don't want to go to grad school. So I actually didn't go to grad school. So I got my bachelor's in kinesiology and was, you know, six months before graduation thinking, what am I going to do with my life? And <laughs> now, now that we've gone through four years and decided I don't want grad school, maybe yeah, I four and a this. half years. Yeah, I know. But I was like, I got to get the hell out of here. I am done. I am not. I am not opening another textbook. I'm out. So uh, I, you know, was here and there with, with um, work and I ended up going to work uh, probably six to 12 months later for an orthopedic company. And um, I was more a patient uh, rehabilitation expert, but I also, I then got into sales. Mm-hmm. So I was in orthopedic sales and then I went on into surgical laser sales. So I was in orthopedics in the human side. And then I went into sales and sold surgical lasers. Which again, sounds very different. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm seeing how we're getting closer to staging this time. Maybe, maybe I'm not seeing that. I know, I know. So I guess I better like press the gas here. So I literally was in sales for about 10 years in medical sales. And I really did enjoy it. Um, you know, it worked with my background and my education and uh, the sales, you know, was fun. I got to travel, you know, to Canada and Japan. And um, I worked with a lot of the teaching hospitals with equine surgery and met some incredible people, met my husband. Um, So it was a really fun gig until I, the company actually I worked for um, started producing their products overseas actually. And it was a US-based company and then we were bought by a bigger company. And so everything was produced and manufactured in Israel. And it took forever to get parts and components and the fiber optics. And I got to the point where I was like, I don't feel good about this. I don't feel like Why I'm selling yeah. Yeah, a good product. And I really, I'm a people person and I really cared about my clients. I mean, they were my friends, all of my customers. I still talk to some of them today and I've been out of that field for almost 20 years. So, um, so I, I knew it was time for change and I didn't know what, and I met my husband and was at that point where I was like, gosh, I don't really want to be on the road either. I mean, I, my territory was multiple States and I had Canada. And so I really wasn't home much. And it was like, oh my God, it took me like 32 years to land the right husband. I better stick around. This guy's worth it. Here we go. I know. So literally I was fishing around for what am I going to do? And my, I thought I was going to go work for another surgical company. And then my girlfriend called me up and she said, hey, there's this um, interior redesign class. It's a week-long class in Napa. And I was living in Bend, Oregon at the time. And she said, let's do it. Let's just take time off of work and let's go do this week-long class. Because you're we- super close located to Napa at that time. Right. 
I know, right? I'm still following the logic. I'm, I'm with you. And this is like right after I got married, I'm all, honey, see ya. I gotta go, you know, gotta go do this. And the idea was, you know, she and I have always shared a love for interiors and gardens and, you know, I'm a big gardener and, um, and so we were like, let's just do this class and learn some things. And I don't know, maybe we'll get into staging or something. So I literally went to my week long class, you know, learned how to hang artwork and how to lay out a room. And, um, you know, there's certain things that people are good at, right? We all have our strengths. And I think it was just and they, it was just built into me. My grandmother was super savvy. She had the cutest house, but she was worked for a title company her whole life. Um, but it's just part of your nature. And so I just, you know, worked off of that. And after my week long class, I quit my job and <laughs> my very profitable surgical sales career, my husband, new husband, was like, what the hell are you doing? But okay, I believe in you. And I decided to start a staging company when I lived up in Bend. Okay, so so, so you go to school for four and a half years and you, um, in kinesiology and exercise science, and then you get into medical sales and you spend 10 years building that career, okay? And then you do a one week, funzy hey let's go hang out with a girlfriend and do this design class five days and you're like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna I'm just gonna trash it all I'm gonna start a whole new career I'm just gonna bust into the staging business yeah here we go yeah okay I mean super ballsy and yet uh total respect and like an industry that you have to like I've had some clients insurance clients before that were you know stagers and all the inventory and all the shit you have to have and all the things you have to like know what works in certain spaces that's a lot and i met you a couple years back and we were working with some uh sparkle stuff and you're like yeah just come by the, the warehouse and i was like yeah no problem i had no idea like i never actually i mean i put it on a spreadsheet before but i never like been in one of those spaces and i was like it was like a home goods it literally was like home goods there was so much stuff a lot of stuff relational business and your relations professionally were really not in the staging world they were in um the medical field so okay so you go home and you're like this is what i'm gonna do how do you break into that i like like i said how do you how do you just how would how would one start if they were going to do that after a one-week design class that must have been one hell of a class you know, it was one hell of a class, but in, in a funny kind of quirky sort of way. I mean, the, the instructors were a little bit odd and, but, you know, it was fun and we just made the best of it. But so I came back to Bend and at the time, this was 2003, um, at least there, there was a huge building boom going on. So tons of developers, tons of spec homes. Um, timing was good. Timing was great. People were moving there, retiring there. Uh, so, you know, I honestly just knew a couple people that were real realtors. One was a girlfriend of mine. 
And, you know, I think the timing was great. And I also think that the community in which I lived in was a huge factor because Mm -hmm. they really, it didn't matter. I mean, I was so green, but people just embraced it and gave you a chance and educated you. And I mean, I remember when a contractor sent me this, his, this spreadsheet of timelines and like when I had to do my part and I was like, holy shit, I I don't even know how to negotiate this spreadsheet, you know? And it was, um, it was a little overwhelming, but I've in my life have tended to wing it a lot and hope for the best. And if you make it sister, yeah, we'd love a wing it girl. We are wing it girls. Yes. Are we all at some point in time? Major winging. And yeah. And it just, it kind of worked out and the staging then also turned into design. So at that point, well, probably a year into it, I did about 50, 50 staging and design and, and sometimes they overlap too, because I worked with so many contractors. I mean, spec homes was a big thing there, you know, building homes, making them amazing, selling them. um, And then do most people like when you, when you stage something, I always wonder this, do people buy the furniture? Cause I know when I go and look at houses that are like beautifully decorated, like I'm not going to be able to come up with something like I want to buy everything. Do people yeah, buy? If you're looking yeah. at a house, you probably have furniture that you're moving into the house. No, but maybe maybe like you're buying a house that's much bigger or you know a different vibe than right. what you have. Well, yeah, and the other part of that is that you know we do a lot of work in Sonoma, Napa County, a lot of St. Helena, Calistoga, and those for staging. A lot of those are homes that are going to be a second or third or fifth home for a buyer. Therefore, they may not have anything to fill it and they might want to buy it turnkey ready to go or they might want certain pieces. And, you know, whenever I send them the big price list (laughs) for it to be turnkey, it's like, oh, I didn't realize it was going to be quite that. And I always say, well, if you were to hire me as your designer, I mean, it would really be like three times that because we're starting all over, you Uh know, and we're having to curate your look and we're doing a lot of back and forth where, you know, myself and my team have made the decision about everything going in here without having to get approval or ask anybody what they think or, you know, we're just going based on who the prospective buyer is, the architecture of the home, et cetera. So there is that. I mean, some people do want it completely furnished. For the record, when I'm ready to buy my fifth, you know, just my fifth home, just yeah. one of five, uh-huh. um, I would like to buy all the furniture probably in it. I probably <laughs> could afford it at that point in my life, right? So you have the design business, you've got the staging thing, then you decide to open a retail storefront in Novato, which has been there how many years now? We have been here for two and a half years. Great timing with a global pandemic, by the way. Really? Isn't it amazing? And (laughs) and actually, um, I so when I I left Bend in 2011 and had to start the whole business over here. Yep. And so then, yes, we opened up the shop and design studio in um, late September of 2019. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, yes, that was not easy. With the pandemic, it was a what typically in my career, I've I've had the confidence and I actually 
have trusted my intuition, like, okay, this is the right choice, do that. This is the right choice, do that. And with or without a lot of research attached to it. And that was one of those where, you know, I signed a five-year lease and I took a, a leap of faith and it really wasn't the model I had planned on when I was opening a design studio, there was no store. And so I really had gone out on a limb to have this storefront. And then I remember in March of 2020, I was in Nashville with some girlfriends and the husband's talking about school closing and there might be a shelter in place. And I was like, bartender, I'll have three shots of tequila. No lie. And I bring the bottle over. Just drop the bottle off. I mean, it was, I, that was a moment where I, there was sheer panic happening. Were you in the honky tonk in Nashville specifically? Totally honky tonking it. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So it was, um, I had to talk myself or a friend had to talk me um, off the ledge because it was that this is super scary. I don't know what to expect. You know, I've put a ton of money out there into this. What if we're shut down? I mean, all of my income streams would be shut down. The shop, everything, yeah. The, the design business, I can't stage anything because I can't, that was totally locked down as well. So we're, there was that just period of, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? And um, one of my coworkers put together really quickly an online store. And so, you know, thank God to our incredible community of people near and far that supported that, which was super helpful. And, you know, you got in the shipping business. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I was at the store alone (laughs) during the shelter in place packaging and shipping by myself. Like, Mm -hmm. dang it. This is going to this is going to stick. This is what's happening. This is what's happening. Yeah. If I have to package every box and fill every order and, you know, print every label and I'll do it. But I I think that's what business women do. We just, we don't, we don't question. We just dig in and we do what we have to do to make it work. Even if it uh, makes no sense on paper, even if it is not what we planned and plan, who can plan anything? Plans suck. So just mm-hmm. throw them out the window because you're, you know, to, to be, to be a businesswoman, you have to be able to roll. You do. And I, I have to say that that for me has, it's, it's my personality, you know, personally and in business. And I wish I were a better planner and I'm sure my team wishes that I was a little <laughs> bit better of a planner. Uh, but, um, but I think that that's the only way to go. If you can't roll with it, then you're going to be, you know, you're going to be down with like shingles or something. Your, your path would have been completely different if you were a better planner. I mean, done, done is better than perfect. That's right. Oh my gosh. One of my teammates says that, and that's one of our quotes is that, yeah, there's no, no, we're not about perfect. I've never said that. Never has that word. Get the job done. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about, Megan, because I find so interesting in your industry and service industries such as yours, 
very different than a retail aspect or like I'm selling insurance. It's a set price. Fleece has, you know, we make what we make based on you really define knowing your worth and setting your rate, not only in the staging side of things, but the design side of things. And I think for us women, it's really hard to pinpoint what that number is and be honest and true to it and stay the course to it. So how did you determine your rates? And and is it been hard through the years to stand by those rates when people challenge them? It has been over the years. And especially with staging, typically in the beginning of my career, and even actually when I became reestablished here in Marin, is people want to get multiple bids, right? It's like you're hiring an electrician or a painter. I want three bids. And there, there are those um, clients who they're going to get three bids and you kind of have to hope that, well, I hope I fall somewhere in there, but it, you know, when I was in my, when I was young in this business, it was, I would discount or I would, well, let me see what I can do. No way. I do not budge on Mm -hmm. my price because I, I go back to that. We work our butts off you know, um, I'm sweating by the end of the day and this is what it costs to do this job period. And this is what the expenses are. And this is what I'm worth. And this is what my team's worth. And it's hard for us to draw that line. And by us, I mean the global us, right? Like, why is it hard for women to draw that hard line in the sand of, Nope. This is, this is what I'm worth. This is what I charge. If you want to work with me, this is what it costs. Right. And, um, we, we do, we do have a tendency to get super waffly. We do. And I think it's just our nature. We're, we're, we're worried about the perceived value of what we're offering. We, we want to keep, make people happy. And, and I think that that's just part of it. But I also think that there's a huge level of respect when you realize what you're worth and you stick to that price. And over the years, I've developed a clientele here that with the staging business that they respect that and they don't even get other bids. They Mm -hmm. present themselves to the client that these are my team of contractors and support to get your property sold for the best price. So when I come in, I'm not bidding against others. You know, they've told their client, this is my stager and we're going to use her. This is what we're going to get. Can I just, um, can I just say for the record, there's no fucking magical thing about three people. (laughs) Stop, stop. Unless you're planting a garden. Like I know know. we're supposed to accessorize in odd numbers, but there's nothing magical about three. And three beds. And because- Because especially in like construction, you'll get one bid that's like way over here. And then you get one that's way over here. And then you're like, well, what is it? You know, it's crazy, the Delta. And I think when people challenge your fee, it's such like I find it offensive where now I have to defend what I do or in real estate when they want to reduce your commission or insurance. I don't know. Please, does anyone ever ask you a loan? Like if you can reduce your. And you're like, no, all the time. That's, I mean, I would never think that. No. Yeah. And I think that I feel that if money weren't involved and, and you said to people, here are your three candidates, 
And let's have a 15, 20 minute conversation with them and see what they can provide and how you feel about this person, right? And there was no dollar amount on the table and they could pick based on, you know, your personality, how conscientious you are. Your experience. That's right. What it is you're doing. Yeah, and the recommendation by their, you know, the other professional who's bringing you on board. So it is really interesting. People get super funny about money and they think that, well, the best work is, you know, has to be, or or my best pick has to be the least expensive bid because, get you know, what you pay I, for. You get yeah. what you pay for. And I have said that so many times to people and, you know, over the years we've had to go in and fix things after a really scary mistake. I had a realtor, I was in on a family vacation in Hawaii like four years ago and she called me really good client and I picked up. She goes, you got to help me. My client hired this stager. I wanted to use you, but he just went ahead and did it. And I didn't know, can you fix it? I'm like, well, send me the photos and I'll look at it and I'll call you later. So she sent me the photos and I just wrote her back and I said, this is not fixable. We can start over, but I can't even fix this. And I even told her over the phone, oh, yeah, I'm happy to come in and fix it. When she said, I, no, just get the truck back, load it, it up. It more than changing out a wing. Get it out of here. Yeah, no, no. It I always love the people that like are selling their houses and you'll see them on Zillow and they're like ridiculously overpriced or asking top dollar. And it's like, whoa, um, guys. Like you could have just cleaned everything out like, or whoever's advising you to keep your weird, eclectic, you know, upside down, crazy, like people have some crazy stuff. And I wonder like when you stage your house, it all, I think in, it looks so much better and sells much faster, but right? We all want to live like that. Nobody 100%. does, but we all want to. We do. And, you know, I mean, if you're going to sell your house, make the bed and clean up the high chair with the spilled peas. And, you know, I mean, right. Don't put the laundry back in the dryer if you don't have time to fold it. Don't leave it all on the top. Put the toothpaste, put the cap on the toothpaste and put it into the medicine cabinet. That's right. That's right. Um, So it is interesting. And we've seen a lot of things over the years, but absolutely the idea is that the buyer, anyone, can picture themselves living there. And if they can't picture themselves living there because it's a hot mess or it's not presented, then it's you've lost, every time that happens, you've lost a potential buyer. Yeah. And, and nowadays with everything, you know, online, that's how people are, are shopping, especially when they're moving from other. First states. thing they do is open up the pictures. That's right. right. It, it photographs well. So another thing that we love about you, Megan, is that you've got an all female operation. Okay. We do. It is a powerhouse fest of women and they all are just ready to go. Super helpful. Like you've done such a great job there. And also you do a lot of like philanthropic stuff. Like you've worked with, I believe it was. Was a Habitat for Humanity or? uh, We did a project um, in Livermore. It was for a, um, it was a battered women's and. Yes, that was what it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which 
honestly, if I could do that, if that was my job and I didn't have to, you know, earn an income, that's what I would do every day. Which is so cool. It was so fun. And it, it was a, it was such a great way to bring my team together of women. And then my vendor who I'd used to rent and lease furniture for staging projects, he brought all of his guys and it was just such an, we have a great relationship anyway, but it just brought our connection so much deeper. And it was, oh, I'm going to totally cry right now. It was so amazing. And you can was, do that. Crying is allowed. So, so rewarding. And um, I loved it. And would continue to do, love to do more of that work. So what we would all do if we were independently wealthy. I know. Living in our fifth house. I'd buy my fifth house. I'd be be podcasting with you. I'd be, I would be doing the same thing. It would be your fifth house. In my fifth house that Megan so wonderfully designed for us. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) That's right. It'd be like the special chateau for ladies. But I think oh. able to take your 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 history of just you know focus and and ripping the bandaid off and like doing this crazy career like just I'm gonna do it and I think women that jump and do that end on their feet in such a really cool way and now being able to you know have people that you're employing and women that you're mentoring and getting you know them into their own you know space with the career that they want to be I mean it's such a cool. It's a cool thing to watch. And I also really enjoy lately you've been doing these um, fairs, whether it's holiday fair or just like a spring fair, weekend fair, but you bring together local artisans um, and they're all female. I don't think I've ever seen a man out there. Maybe I have, but no, they're all girls. Um, And you have them come out on like a Saturday and just like set up shop out in front of your space. And it's really been well received. So I think what you do for the community is really cool. Um, Not only, you know, from, a storefront, but also just outwardly. It's awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I love our community. It's amazing. I grew up in Novato and came back and it's so fun to be in such a community that they want to support each other and, um, and just come together for, for the common good. I mean, so many things I've sent out emails like, oh my gosh, we need to do all this for these fire victims. And like literally people in droves showing up the warehouse with donations and it's just, it's awesome. And my team is an incredible group of women and I am so thankful for them. I'm going to cry again. They just I love that you're having all the tears tonight. Cause usually one of us that's crying. So thank yeah. you. And it's only Wednesday. Right. It is only Wednesday. It is just in the mere month. But I, you know, I'm grateful for you on a lot of different levels. And I'm really grateful for you spending your time with Stacy and I tonight because I think your story is really cool. And, you know, the passion and the energy that you put into it is very inspiring. And setting your setting your rate, setting your, your worth is such an underlining conversation that if anything, I hope that the ladies listening out there get a little bit of that and, you know, can, can help define what that means to them. So for everybody, thanks for joining and get out there this week and let's be inspired.